good people. It's your girl, Frederica McClary Easley, back with another episode of Bum, 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 Bum. The people are blunt. Yeah, see, I got my Goonies, my Goonies because um, <laughs> uh, it is finally cold enough or it is finally not 100 degrees in Texas. That is where I reside right now, not where I'm from. Y'all know this. Um, but it is finally like a bit of a cool down where we can actually like put some stuff on. So I got Goonies on today. I got Goonies on. Um, all right. Housekeeping, good people. Uh, we are on all the platforms. Y'all already know this. We're on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Prime. Like, subscribe. Check us out. Comment. You take your time. I'll take my time. Um, all of it creates for a good time. So please do those things to let us know that you are out there um, in the ethos and paying attention. And also just weigh in on like, who you want me to talk to? What kind of content are you interested in hearing? Um, subject matters, things of that nature. So I can make sure you get what you need and what you want. Uh, people's ecosystem. Go check us out. CBD line that um, can be shipped to wherever you are. Um, and also our merch. Um, last but not least, if you are in Cali, specifically like Santa Rosa, Sacramento, LA, Oakland, San Fran, and Greenville, or if you are and or if you are in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you can check out our Tosi Treats THC edibles, um, which are freaking amazing. I love these things. They help my mom get through um, her chemo and her bout with lung cancer because she wasn't able to smoke anymore. Um, but it is new technology from Day 3 Labs. Shout out to them um, called Unlock It. And so it attaches to a protein. It attaches the good stuff to a protein, our bodies know what to do with proteins. And so it's fast acting. So it, it, it hits you like a traditional smoke, but it lasts as long as a traditional edible. So about 10, 15 minutes, you're gonna feel something and you'll feel it for, uh, you know, hour and a half too, depending on how your body metabolizes. Um, we all need that because I, th I think we've all had, a, had one of those occurrences where we've taken a gummy, forgot we took the gummy, right? Because it take a minute to hit. And then we take another one. And then after that, it's like, okay, um, I might not be productive today. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's <laughs> happened. I honestly, I almost OD'd last night on this THC popcorn See? that I got from a friend, a good friend of mine's birthday party yesterday. So I, I, I know, I know the struggles. Green out is real, y'all. The struggle Green is real. Green and especially when you grown out here, you grown, you have stuff mm -hmm. to do. Uh, you cannot afford uh, on a regular basis to just be stuck, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, y'all hearing a voice? Y'all seeing a man? Justin Hatchet is in the building. What up, What's Jay? What's going on? What's going on? How are you? How are you? Man, I beautiful people good. in the ethos. What's going on to y'all? How are y'all doing today on this fine day? Day or night, rain or shine, it don't matter. I'm going to be rolling up a blunt. So. Listen, and you should. <laughs> and you should. Yeah. Um, thank you for being here with the people. Um, you have been out in the streets. Um, I have been on maternity leave, so I am just now getting back in the streets. And I was able to um, roll up on you at Benzinga. Uh, pun intended, while you roll. I'm talking about rolling up on you. Uh, <laughs> but you out here in the streets at all times. And so, uh, and this is the season, right? This is conference season, so it's busy. Yes, yes, um, yes, it is. Let's talk about that real quick, though, because before, in full transparency, before we came on camera, uh, 
we were talking about energy and how you recharge and, you know, and um, the difference with some of these conferences. So for someone who is new in the industry and they're trying to figure out, you know, do I go to Benzinga? Do I go to MJ Biz? Do I go to, you know, a Black Canna conference? Do I go to, um, you know, all of these things, MJ Unpacked, all of these things that have been going on for the last, you know, uh, month, month and a half or so. Mm-hmm. What's your advice? Like, how do you, how do you <clears throat> float in these waters? Okay. So, um, if I'm being honest, uh, if you do a little bit of background research about me and my brands, I'm the uh, founder of Top Shelf or Die and the founder of Mary Documentary LLCs. Um, both of those are operating through marketing in the cannabis uh, space. So um, I'm currently the head of marketing for multiple license uh, owning companies. Currently right now, a cultivation, a processor, and uh, we're working on onboarding a couple dispensaries right now in the state of Michigan and out of the state of Michigan. Um, so from my perspective, um, we got our start with Benzinga actually. Um, in the very beginning of what was my career in cannabis uh, before the you know the street stuff and, and being a, a, a caregiver and a patient, it's one of those things where Benzinga was a Detroit-based company, just like uh, I am, and we entered a partnership with them to where they opened up their conferences to us to document. So I went, you know, as a, a Black individual going to one of the most prestigious conferences in cannabis, actually. Um, I mean, you talk about Chads and Brads running around. I mean, I saw every color suit you know, in the rainbow spectrum, walking around those conferences, all the suits. All the suits. So, um, but it's very interesting because it it really, from the very beginning of me being introduced into cannabis, um, it opened up my eyes to the market of cannabis, not just the products and everything else. It, it, you know, they were giving talks on market trends. They were giving talks on how not to get robbed, how to, you know, pivot with uh, the downward spiral of certain market trends and what's going on with the edible intake and all these things. And to me, you know, uh, coming from my my background in marketing communications, those are the type of things that I was really interested in. Understanding the, you know, the up and downs of each market as each market was different. You know, like California is different from Washington, which is different from Colorado, which is different from Michigan, which is different from Vegas. So it's just one of those things where, um, you get a lot more knowledge from conferences like Benzinga and MJ Unpacked. Um, if I were to rank them, um, I would actually go Benzinga, Unpacked, BizCon, Canacon. And by that, I mean the quality of speakers, the vetting process. Um, I mean, I was asked to speak for uh, MJ Unpacked this year and I didn't make it in. But yeah, I've spoken for uh, the NCIA on social consumption and social equity and uh, branding marketing. So it's just um, it's very interesting because, like I say, the um, the ranks and what you're doing in the grand scheme of cannabis. If you're not an MSO, you know, you, you you're still a little dog out here. <laughs> so it's uh, one of those things where, you know, going to these conferences, understanding where you fit in the market, understanding um what your niche is in the market and how you fit within those type of rooms now uh, as an entrepreneur i solely believe that you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable 
in our shoes, right? So, you know, take it back four years ago when I started this brand, I was definitely one of the only black people in the room, 100%. You know, going from there, touring to, um, you know, Florida, going to C-Lab conferences, meeting up with the MJ people, meeting up with, um, you know, all of these other conferences and stuff. It was kind of the same story, you know? Um, I remember being down in Miami for the C-Lab and the One Plant conference a couple of years ago. And Ricky Williams was there. Rohan Marley was there. Chloe Villano was doing the Green Awards and everything. And I was fortunate enough to be asked to come to all of these places and, and document. And it was just very interesting because I remember I was sitting at this table and uh, Rohan Marley was sitting there rolling up a joint. And we, we started all talking. There's a couple attorneys around. I have a law background. So we were just keeping up the conversation. And somebody stopped and said, are you guys cousins? Talking about me and Rohan Marley. And I, you know, it's one of those things where y'all all look alike. Right. Facts. But it's one of those things where, you know, we don't have the same mannerisms. We don't have the same diction. We don't have the same accent. We don't have the same anything. The only thing that was similar to us is our hair and our color. You know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things where um, I find myself gravitating towards those like us all the time in these conferences like uh, we be the first ones at the reception rolling up at the table while everybody got champagne you know what i mean so it's um it's very interesting just seeing that side of it and understanding the other sides of um what we're up against in the industry because you know i'm gonna be black until i die so woke up like this i swear but it's two things that you said that i want to make sure that the people don't miss Mm -hmm. right Okay. First thing is what you have been talking about um, is coming into the industry in a non-plant touching way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a lot of times people think about coming into, uh, into this cannabis space and they go straight to retail or they go straight to like cultivation or something like that. Um, But because you are non-plant touching, you didn't have to worry about 280E. And there were a lot of opportunities that were afforded to you. It allowed you to build name recognition, facial recognition, um, and brand um, without some of the headache, right? So I want to point that out because we often talk about transferable skills, right? And so we talk about like, and we'll get into, because you mentioned the fact that you have, you know, a a law background. I know that you did some, um, some legal work. Um, Mm -hmm. We talk about, you know, your background in terms of brands and things of that nature. I know that one of your specialties is kind of like merging parts of the culture, right? So prior to this, you were, you're heavily in fashion and things of that nature. So these are things that you took from other industries that, you know, that you were a part of and you figured out how to move it over here. I wanted to highlight that because that's really important, right? Um, To really think about where your skill set is and how you move that along. The other thing is, the strategy in terms of these different conferences and things of that nature, because you got to be uncomfortable. You got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, but you also have to be really clear mm-hmm. on what makes you special. And why are you there? Why are and, you there? And why you are you there? Know, I, that's one of the first things I ask anybody that I meet at the conferences that, you know, are BIPOC and are, are of our, you know, descent or ethnicity or what have you. Um, I immediately ask them, you know, so why are you here? What, what are you, what are you here for? What are you doing? You know, it's kind of like my doorway of opening up to saying, give me your elevator pitch without giving me your elevator pitch. 
Um, and the first day I go around networking in that attitude. The first day I go around um, learning as much as I can about the others that are there. Yeah. Because and then it gives me a better idea of how my business could possibly service theirs. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I'll never go into a situation wanting to be the first one to talk and the last one to talk. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to go into a situation explaining briefly who I am, um, asking you who you are and what you do. And then we can take the conversation from there. Yeah. So at, uh, for instance, Benzinga, where we met up again, you know, because I've known you for years. We've been around like each other's parts and, you know, you took your leave. I, I just had a baby girl. So I, I completely understand um, just coming from, you know, parents and having to balance the work life and doing all of this and the struggles of, you know, staying in cannabis and staying relevant in cannabis. It is um, it's always going to be an uphill battle for us. Yeah. And um, yes. it's one of those things where understanding, like you say, the, the pivots in the industry and understanding that, you know, you don't have to come right in and, you know, go into to butt tending or trying to own a shop or anything like that. You can, you can honestly figure out what your niche is first. Like I know there's countless models and brand ambassadors that I know that, you know, will not support certain brands that they don't smoke that will not, you know what I mean? That actually understand their influence and understand that this is medicine and me you know, offering or promoting this brand uh, says something about me as well, as much as it says about that brand, right? So that's one of the things that we teach in our agency and, and within our marketing department is we're not going to pair you up with a brand that you don't, you know, you mesh with, that you don't flow with. Yeah, you have to believe in it. You have to believe in that. And um, it's funny, I, I just got into a conversation with my chief executive administrator yesterday, and she was like, look, we can go to this meeting, Justin, but they're not top shelf. And if they're not top shelf, why are we going to this meeting? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they like click because this is somebody that I employ that's telling me about my company standards. Who's like, they're yo, you. And sometimes you know, you yeah, yeah. But that's why, but that's why they're on the team, right? Because right. 100%. 100%. you don't need yes people. You need people who believe in you believe in what you're trying to build and can hold you accountable to it. 100%. And, and that's another gym. People, mm. when you build an your team, you know what I'm saying? You need to make sure that you have people on your team who you are aligned with, but who also will hold you accountable, right? 100%. Because, 100%. because sometimes you get in this space where it's like, um, you want, you know, you accept all the conversations, right? Like you kind of get in this space where it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to have there be a, a stone that's unturned. Right. I've, had, I've had situations even with the podcast where like, even though people know that, and I'm very clear about the purpose of this being, of this podcast being to uplift marginalized entrepreneurs um, mm -hmm. in this space, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But there will always be some some soup out there who's like or their PR team like oh this person will be perfect for the podcast and I always have to slow down and be like okay so are they willing to talk about equity issues are they willing like what is their right. platform with how their company interacts right. with the community that they're in right with with marginalized communities if you don't have that then you can't be here right 
this isn't the space for you. And that's, and, and you know, it's as creators, um, you, you spoke a little bit on my background. Like I, I have an extensive background. I spent nine years in law. Um, I helped with the, um, with the legal cannabis group forming. Um, I did a lot of advocacy and did the first cannabis summit for the city of Detroit. So there's, there's a lot that goes into standing on your brand, standing on what you believe in. And there's a lot of brands out here that do not know their statement, that do not know why they're here, that do not know what they're here for. Um, for instance, Golden Shores, my cannabis company um, that I'm vice president of, uh, since the very beginning, we came out with our pre-rolls and our pre-rolls all have I Love Bloomer tips. The I Love Bloomer tips we source from Miami and they are wax tips with wildflower and poppy seeds inside of them. So when you're done smoking, you can throw that in the grass and it plants a wildflower, right? We took it a step further with our compostable biodegradable packaging. So every single one of our tubes are compostable, 241 days are off the planet. So you put those two combinations together, one of our most sold SKUs, right? We sold over 200,000 of them this year, right? They have a net positive carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. There's not another company in the state that can say something like that. Mm -hmm. So standing apart, standing on your brand, understanding what type of branding can do for you and um, really being a, an advocate for the things that you care about in your space. Um, those are the type of things that, you know, you can't really replace and you, you have to search for authentic people to, to partner up with, to get that message across. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now let's yeah. go back a little bit. Cause I know you have this law background. Um, I know you, you know, have this, um, fashion background, right. Where you were, you know, dealing with marketing, um, and brand management and things of that nature. and really kind of kicking in the door with that. Um, and then yeah. you come to cannabis with the Mary documentary, which was really dope to me. I love the way that it was structured because you actually use feedback yeah. um, as as the 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 mechanism to decide the direction, right? Exactly, exactly. So what because for... usually when you think of like documentaries, you know, it's like here's the treatment, we're gonna go in, we're gonna film this, then boom, 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 and mm -hmm. then like we're done. And so this is really more so like a living, breathing thing. So I want you to kind of like talk a little bit about that and like yes. you coming into the cannabis space. Yeah, no doubt. So um, what Frederick is referring to is actually the website that I built for a Mary documentary. It's currently down. Um, we shut it down because we were in the middle of negotiating with a couple of studios on if they were going to bring it to market with us or if they want equity and all that stuff. Um, since then, we, we have wrapped season one. Um, we filmed season one from um, start of the LLC, the, the end of 2019, all the way until September of 2022. So um, it, 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 was a, it was a process and COVID stopped a lot of that process. Um, but like I said, I was fortunate enough to, to partner up with, with brands that saw the value in what I was uh, building and what, you know, the mission that I was setting forth to do. And uh, on the website, we actually put cannabis into three different pillars. It was cannabis culture, cannabis economics, and cannabis science, right? Um, the way I saw it, anything you can talk about within cannabis can be filed into one of those three, if not all three of those pillars. Mm 
So we created the lifestyle and first person shooting documentary style content that we did going around and touring facilities, touring equipment facilities, touring labs, touring testing labs, touring, touring um, cultivations, indoor, outdoor cultivations in Salinas, California, cultivations in Colorado, uh, cultivations here. Um, you know, I saw the the capital raise for uh, a, a company called Butter at Benzinga, my first time going there in Detroit. Um, I saw them raise the money that they used to then build out their facility and their dispensaries and their imprint in the state. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to get hired by them to document out that entire process. Mm -hmm. So within that process, I saw them breaking ground in Flint all the way to the restructuring of the skeletal bones of the building, all the way to them pouring cement, all the way to the ribbon cutting. So I physically, over the span of two, two and a half years, saw an entire cannabis building and cannabis imprint and cannabis company get built out from start to finish. So it's one of those things where I understand how valuable that type of content is worth, right? So I never wanted to just put it out without a purpose. I didn't want to put it out without the right partners. I didn't want to put it out without the right platform. So, um, you know, in... In the eyes of the grand scheme of what we're doing as a company, you can say that the documentary film itself has been shelved until I find the right partners so that we can dive into the content, recreate it the right way, and um, go by all the analytics that I got from the website. Because for the two years that we were developing the film, um, people were allowed to vote on what they thought should make the final documentary. So it was the first community-driven documentary series technically produced. Um, the, the downfall that I had with intellectual property was that we built that website on a different domain platform. So technically I couldn't trademark or copyright said platform. So that's another reason why I took it down. Right. Um, but the, the goal and the mission was, uh, in scene accomplished. Right. Um, I actually, the, the end film date was the date that I spoke for the NCIA here in Detroit, um, for social equity and, and so, uh, social consumption. So for me, it was uh, super impactful to go on that journey and to uh, show people what it's like uh, owning, operating, advancing in, in the industry um, from multiple state, you know, perspectives. Yeah. That's yeah. something that I feel like hasn't really been done before. It's, uh, it's interesting, you know, there's five, six, seven different documentaries on the Emerald Triangle, but nobody's documented the real life experiences of these industries being built out across the nation. And that's what I set out to really do was um, paint a picture of their owner operators over here, their owner operators over here, their people over here, people over here, people over here. And they're all from different walks of life. And they all have one purpose, which is to get in the industry. And Um, it's different. And it's all different as well because it's not because we're decentralized, because we're still federally um, illegal. Every Mm. state, the way that they're going about standing up their regulated space. And I'm always really clear on the language I use, right? So like cannabis is not legal in your state, right? right. It's regulated. It may be decriminalized, decriminalized. but it's not, it's not legal, right? right? And so what that means is everyone's experience is different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? State to state. And sometimes even municipality, municipality, your experience can be different. 100%. Uh, 100%. That centralized. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that that was so, um, so cool. And again, another nugget, y'all, like when you when you have an idea, 
you got to make sure that you do the work on the front end of how it is housed. You know what I'm saying? And how. Oh, you yeah. It. Oh, so yeah. On the back end. Um. <coughs> you don't have some of that trouble on the back end. Right. And that's, that's one of the things that I feel like, you know, we learned um, extremely well um, on the fly, what yeah. it took to do those type of things. Like from my perspective, um, cause I, I, I've been in production and show running and, and, and music video production and podcasting and radio and all this other stuff for, you know, for years. So for me, uh, in my creative journey, uh, documentary style filmmaking was really my next step. Mm-hmm. And being able to do it in that way was very eye opening because, you know, along those paths, I met other people in media and other people in um, in film and production and all this other stuff. And when I told them what I created, like their whole faces lit up. They're like, do you not know that funding is the number one thing that stops all these creatives and da da da? And you created a community for driven thing where it can get funding and this and that and this and that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I did. Um, didn't know that that's what I was doing, but yes. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I was a 25 a, a year old who already had an article in Forbes, right? by that time and, and, and understood what, you know, my prowess was and what my voice was in cannabis. So, you know, I, I took that and I pivoted that. I met up with um, the owner of Golden Shores, a good friend of mine, Jeff Dodson. And um, we linked up before my first trip out to MJ VizCon, actually. Okay. Uh, we were at a networking event that um, one of the labs that I had just finished rap filming uh, were throwing. And so we met at a, a bar in Warren and we started talking. They were a brand new company, you know, 200 followers on Instagram type brand new, um, had just made their first metric sales um, two months prior. So uh, we had an honest conversation about, you know, where their brand was and what they were doing. And this was a, a very enlightening experience for me because for once I was, you know, in a conversation with uh, somebody not of my ethnicity at all, you know, Jeff, just white, just white dude comes from construction, totally different, you know, like mm-hmm. never even sold cannabis before he owned the company. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, you know, we had honest conversations and I was like, yo, are you, are you willing to give up control of your brand image to me? Like, are you actually willing to understand what branding with someone that looks like me looks like? Are you willing to see what this brand can be if it's controlled by somebody that is not of your complexion, that is not of your likeness, that is not of you. That's not, you know, a 50 plus year old white dude. Mm-hmm. And he came to that realization of, yes, this is what I want because my business is here. It's structured here. I love the people here. I love what I'm growing here. This is exactly the direction that we want to go. So from January 15th of uh, last year, I've been the marketing director. So from marketing director, um, I saw that, again, he was one of the only people running around the state making sales for the company and going through these things. So it's a small it's a small business. Everybody thinks that we're in cannabis, so we're just loaded. And that's not the truth. That's not the facts at all. You know, we're you know, we're chasing down our 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 um, our CODs and our nets and everything to make sure that the lights stay on for sure. You know, trying to make sure we're making payroll based off our sales and stuff. So. It's uh, it's very interesting, but you know, we got into a point where 
you know, Jeff came to me and he was like, Hey, um, I got to figure out what's going on with our marketing budget. You know, I might not be able to pay you what we agreed to. I said, hold on. Um, what's going on with the sales side of things? He's like, well, I mean, you know, it's just me. I'm running around, I'm going from, you know, city to city, meeting with these dispensaries, da, 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 this and that. So I told him, you know what, let me take a week and like shadow you. Let me take a week and go with you on these sales calls. Let me see what it's like for you. Right. Um, and there's a couple things that I noticed. First thing I noticed, um, a lot of purchasers don't want to deal with the owner of the company because one, they don't want to offend you. They don't want to, um, be the reason why the relationship didn't end a certain way. And they usually answer to someone higher than themselves. So if you're the person that's who they have to answer to on the other side, um, it, it causes nerves. Yeah. So that was, it's almost exactly you're not my boss, but you are a boss. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I noticed that um, I noticed, you know, the way he was selling um, could have been handled a little bit differently as far as, you know, some people come off as pushy when they're trying to get something done. Um, you know, some people have more finesse than others. Right. So it was one of those things where I noticed like, yo, you, you, you need to fill this gap right now. I, I know I handle marketing, but you don't know what I really do. I convert right I, I create ROIs I get a bottom line up like I make sure that this marketing actually pushes the brand forward so right. when I started the sales department we were in six stores and now we're in 72 stores come on in, now in that amount of time so it's yeah. like in all the brand direction you know the, the new hires the events all of that stuff has been you know pretty much my realm so when we were out in Benzinga is when I got the promotion for vice president you know, within two As years of working with the company. As you yeah. should. Yeah. So yeah. it all started. It all started from picking up a camera, y'all. I promise. Yeah. It all started from just picking up a camera and believing that I'm going to be in this space. And that was it. Like I nobody was gonna tell me how to fit in this space. I was gonna make my own way, pave my own way, and do it my way. And that's what, you know, mattered to me the most in this whole thing is that you know, I, I'm proud of the company that I've built. I'm proud of the brand that we run. I'm proud of, you know, the brand recognition that we have. Like every article that we've gotten, good or bad, it's it's our SEO. You know, it's like I, I built that. So um, showing people and, and going to people and explaining to them what what we do in cannabis as a non-plant touching entity. Um, oh, I do everything except for touch the plant. And that's what matters. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's very interesting. Uh, not to say that cultivation doesn't matter because if you don't grow gray weed, you're not getting no sales, it's period. That's just how period. it is. Yeah. Um, and I we, think, Which I think is a part of, well, will be a part of the ebb and flow of this industry. You know what I mean? Because I think that there's so much mass production going on, right? Like there are so many just huge ass grows. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, <coughs> autom automation is important, right? There's a, there's a place for it. However, there is something that I believe is lost when you don't have, uh, or when you get too big in that regard, right? And you don't 100%. have that, um, that personal touch. And so I think what you're, what we'll find is that if brands like Golden Shores can hold on, mm -hmm. right? There's going to be a reversion or an upliftment of like craft brands, of like small 100%. brands. Oh, 100%. I mean? 
you know, we're 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 a testament to that 100 percent through and through what you what you one thing that you said um, that really resonates with us. I mean, all, all of our growth staff, they're they're caregivers, they're home caregivers. They've supported their families, you know, some for 10, 20 plus years uh, off of this industry. So um, it's very interesting that you say that because we are a plant touching company. We're medical, but we are craft. So all of our plants, you know, we don't go to fill out a room with 200, 300 of the same strain. We don't do that. You know, we're, we're very, very small batch craft. Uh, we still hand water. We still hand pack. We don't own a Futurola machine. Like it, it's, it's a totally different feel. Um, if you go to our Instagram, you can, you can see some of that. Cause I do do facility days and I love showing the quality control and the work ethic that goes into our brand. Um, that's very important too. I mean, a lot of, a lot of these guys are so closed doors with their facilities and that, that paints a picture in itself. If you're not willing to open up the doors and show me where my medicine is coming from, oh, we have a problem. Yeah. It's the same way I think about food. It's like, I prefer restaurants that have kitchens I can see. Is this kitchen clean? Right. You know what I'm saying? 100%. I want to see what's going on with the staff. You know what I mean? Um, Because it's, because again, I'm ingesting this. Right. You know what I mean? All of these things fuel us, what we drink, what we eat, you know, what we're consuming. This is all a part of our fuel. This is all a part of, you know, allowing our body to operate um, in the best way that it can. So, um, so that is, that is dope. And I think that that's, I feel like that's, what's going to win. You know what I mean? In terms of like true culture. And this is not like to downplay like, um, can of curious people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Folks who are just kind of coming to the table. I think at some point, everyone starts to prefer quality, right? And everyone starts to prefer something that is created <clears throat> for them, you know? Well, I mean, I, I put it to you like this. We all went through the Reggie phase. Don't get it yeah. twisted, right? And once you started experiencing, like, your first haze, your first bubble kush, your first blue dream, your first northern lights, your first strawberry cough, you start actually expanding your palate. And you actually start understanding that everyone on this planet has an endocannabinoid system. It affects you, whether you like it or not. Um, and we we owe that to ourselves to figure out what that is. We owe that to ourselves to figure out what strains will help the ailments that I'm naturally going through. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been a patient since I was 17 years old. I was diagnosed with um, severe tendonitis. And I have like very, very severe joint pain. I like I, I sit down for longer than 15 minutes, all my bones will crack, y'all. Oh. So yeah. So it's it's one of those things where um I was a 17-year-old kid, you know, growing up in Royal Oak, a suburb. Like yeah, oh yeah. But I, I played sports, I was, you know, a triathlete, I, you know, did so much. And um I didn't give my body enough time to grow. I was yeah. young for my grade and all this other stuff. So it's a bunch of compounding things that affected it. But ultimately, you know, I, I could have went to uh, university to play football for D1. And uh, they were like, Justin, and my last physical, they were like, look, if you play football, you will not walk at 25. I'm like, okay, well, looks like I'm going for academics. I'm not yeah. about to do this. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. But at the same time, in that same meeting, they tried to prescribe me four different opiates. And as, you know, a young black kid living in the suburbs outside of Detroit, Michigan, it's like y'all were concocting a recipe for disaster, right? Yeah. 
And, you know, I noticed that and I, I recognized that. And, you know, um, my mother growing up as a paralegal for 25 plus years, my, my father being a, a Detroit police officer for 23 years, um, I was the black sheep of the family who was like, yo, y'all, I don't care what y'all saying. I'm smoking. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take care of myself and, you know, I'm going to self-medicate. And that's the choice that I made at a young age. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad and, and thankful that I listened to myself and I listened to my body yeah. to understand that that was a decision that needed to I needed to make then because it put me on a trajectory from my path for the rest of my life. Right. And. And I also want to acknowledge, because if your parents, if your parents were leery of this, right, and especially your dad being in law enforcement, it's because of his Schedule One status. It's because oh, it was the, the stigma behind it. It yeah, was everything. Yeah. It was everything. Your, Look, I mean, your father feared. I yes, that and that, you and would that's be one of those people who he may have even put away. And that's one of those things, like, I remember having the conversation with my father and him, him literally being, you're a criminal. And I'm like, bro, it's not that deep. I'm, I'm literally, I'm happier because I'm, I'm high right now. And I'm not even going to take that conversation the way you intended it, bro. So it's yeah. so like, you know, I, I dodged a lot of childhood trauma because I started smoking at 17. Let me just say that. But you got to think of, um, and hopefully you, your parents, you and your parents' relationship is mended right hopefully oh it's great yeah 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 no i mean it's it's just it's one of those things like i said it's the stigma yeah you know you're 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 indoctrinated and drilled over and over and over again that this is bad this is illegal this is that this is that you know it wasn't until 2016 here that there was actually a program where like med patients like it was like 2000 I want to say 2012, they started talking about it. 2013 is when legislation started getting drafted. 2016, we had a full-blown program, right? And it was one of those things where, because my grandfather uh, lived with us at the time, and he would go into my stash and steal my weed. And I remember coming downstairs one day, and I, listen, I had a beautiful fat nug of sour diesel, Okay. It was this, it was this thick. It was rock. Okay. <laughs> this man took a chunk out of that. He thought it was sm- a small chunk. Messed around. He took two grams out the eighth. I'm over here like, yo, yo, I go right downstairs to my mom's, my mom's room. I said, Hey, we got to get him his med card like now, because that can't happen anymore. This is from my caregiver. This is my stash. Do not allow this man into my room and touch my shit. So, to, you know, listen, granddad <laughs> was out here trying to feel good. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. No, I mean, and, and he had he had um, kidney failure, liver, oh. liver failure, dialysis, you know, 20, 30 plus prescriptions. And, you know, when we actually got him on his on his true medication, I'd call it um, all that got cut in half. You know, it's one of those things where I was like, guys, you you got to realize what's going on. And, you know, and, and towards the end, he had um, throat cancer mm-hmm. and he was um, he was open to try and psilocybin and other other methods and other holistic healing. And it's just one of those things where I, I really I know that I opened up my family's eyes to the power of holistic medicines and uh, entheogenics and, and everything that this planet can provide us, you know. 
Um, so it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for all of the, the, the stories and all of the things that, that came about because it only made me that much better of the entrepreneur that I am today. You know, like this is, this is my life It's like, I don't work. I, I wake up and I'm in my life and this is how I've orchestrated it. Right. I've, I've manifested everything that's coming my way and then some, yeah. so it's just one of those things where, you know, everybody has their own path and just like everybody has an endocannabinoid system, it's up to you to figure out what that path is. If you're going to be in this industry, how do you want to be in this industry? Where do you want to be in this industry? And you don't have to be where you're around. We talk about different municipalities and this and that, like you can move, yeah. you can move and jumpstart a whole career in this, in this business. And I've seen it happen. I have good friends of mine that did not come from this state that live here now. Um, and vice versa. I got people moving all over the place. People open up facilities in Vegas and, you know, and, and all kinds of stuff, New York and Jersey is coming on. Um, so it's just, it's one of those things where it's a very, very brand new emerging industry. And for anyone to say, you know, that they're an expert in this industry is blowing smoke because there are no experts in this industry yet. Trust me, like coming from someone who's dedicated the last 11 years of his life to cannabis, I'm still not an expert. I do very, very good work, but I'm not an expert. Okay. And we still, I mean, because research has been so limited, it's still so much that we don't even know about the plant. And 100. in terms of this industry, uh, it is ever changing, right? It is ever changing because um, of it not being centralized, right? Like the, the structure of it. So every day 100%. there are new regulations, every day there are new rules. And so there's oh, no thing yeah. as being an expert. You can say I'm tapped in. You can say that. Right. You know what I mean, I'm ten toes down. I'm versed. I've been here. Yeah, I'm right. legacy. You can here. say all of that. You can say I, all of that. That, that honestly, that honestly has more weight and credibility than yeah. somebody going around in this industry saying they're an expert. Let me just yeah. say that. Yeah. And you know, just because you're a, a, a grower from Oregon or Colorado does not mean you can grow in Michigan or New York. You know what I mean? It's just it's totally different environments, totally different mediums, totally different build out structures, everything. So it's just one of those things where. I understand that everything in this industry, just like in life, is temporary, right? And, you know, just like with brands, a brand can be hot, it can be not in the next week, you know? Like, we've seen Jeter come into this place, rise and fall. I've seen uh, Cureleaf, rise and fall. I've seen Common Citizen, rise and fall. I've seen, you know, like, and Michigan is a tapped-in market for sure. Like, we have a whole boycott list, a whole band list of companies we will not support and do not support because of lobbying and them trying to end our caregiver rights and everything that we built to stand on this industry came from voters actually yeah. saying that we wanted this industry. I was one of the people that was with Fieldworks and these other, you know, campaign organizations that rallied people to get signatures. Like I'm an OG when it comes to how we had to get this done. So yeah. it's one of those things where you blend the advocacy, you blend the marketing, you blend the entertainment, you blend everything. And that's where our company thrives because we have years and years of dedication to this industry to where now, you know, we sell our SOPs across the industry. We're out of state, you know, we're handling full marketing programs to onboard brands in state. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where, you know, I understand the market in a different way because I physically put myself through it and took the audience along for the ride too. Um, that was a whole word. Look, uh, hopefully y'all caught all those gems. 
that Justin just dropped. Because that was a whole word. You know what I mean? You you come into this space, first of all, humble yourself, open yourself up to the reality that um, you are a student, even if you think you are a teacher, right? Like, there are 100%. always opportunities to learn. Um, I think you said this at the beginning. You come into a space, not trying to be the first to talk and not trying to be the last to talk, but to absorb and to learn and to figure out where the cohesion lies. How can I work with you? How can you work? With, how can I be of service? Right. 100%. And I think that that is true cannabis culture. Right. Is like it, it is more of a, a bartering kind of system. <coughs> think about community. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Like. How do we help each other? You know what I mean? If I'm eating, you eating. You know what I'm saying? If you 100%. eat, I eat. And how are we building that ecosystem to where we are supportive of each other and of uplifting each other in this space? And I feel like that is what's most important. So, Justin, before we get out of here, what you want to leave the people with? Uh, I want to leave the people with this. Like I said, my top conference is Benzinga. You said something that sparked a, a thought. And... Um, I want people to know that that company in itself is a huge pivotal success story for me, right? And the access to companies like this, um, I, I want people to know that if you're a student or if you're studying or you're, you know, uh, social equity, there are ways for you to be in these rooms. You just have to ask. You just have to reach out. You just have to email them. You just have to see if they have a student listing. And 100% of the times, your ticket will be comped. You will be able to rub shoulders with people and become, like she said, a student to this industry first. And the rest is history from there. Yeah. Uh, closed mouths don't get fed, y'all. So nah, at the not day, at all. At the end of the day, uh, know yourself. Know your worth. And have your pitch ready. Till the All next time. time, stay blunt, y'all. <laughs>